Hi guys, what is up? Welcome back to the Gals on the Go podcast. It's me, Brooke, today. And today's episode is so exciting. I'm talking with Sonali. She's the founder and CEO of Swally. It's a wearable hair art company, but she also works full-time for Google, which I thought was so interesting and just hearing about her journey and how she got there. And um, I think that it's a really great episode, so I'm excited for that. But before we do that, of course, I have to catch you guys up on me. But first, we'll talk about our Black-owned business of the week. This week, we're talking about Love Notes for fragrances. I've been learning more recently from you guys actually in my video comments and stuff about how important it is to use soy-based candles. There's a lot of reasons, but um, I mean, (laughs) I guess more of like a material reason is that they burn longer, but they're actually also better for the environment and just for the air quality and stuff like that. Especially like I live in a apartment where I don't really open the windows much. It's pretty stuffy in here. I mean, I, I don't mind. Like I have the AC going and everything. Very lucky, of course. But you know what I mean? I feel like whatever I burn, I'm kind of trapping off those chemicals and stuff in my space and I'm sure a lot of you guys relate to and I've been so into candles lately which is why I'm excited to get these in the mail I just ordered two of them um, so you can uh, check them out at lovenotesfragrances.com but here's a little about them Brooklyn's own founder, Naya Kam, created her very own hand-poured candle company that allows you to take the experience home. Each candle is made with integrity-containing an all-natural soy wax, cotton-based wicks, and a unique custom blended fragrances that will contribute to your aroma therapeutic needs. Love Notes Candles was distinctly designed with its sleek packaging made with you in mind, the consumer who personifies fashion, beauty, and sass while still caring about their quality, health, and the environment. So you can visit at lovenotesfragrances.com to see all that they have to offer. They have a ton of different candles. Um, I ordered two of the glass ones. Just I'm, I'm a little big on the aesthetics of like a nice candle, you know? So um, I got love note number two and 8B. And I think I'm going to give my mom the love note number two because that has hints of lavender in it. And I just love to like surprise her with like little gifts and stuff. I think it's fun. And um, I have a bunch of candles here. So excited to give her that. Um, and definitely check them out, you guys. And now we'll hop into the highlights and lowlights. All right. So honestly, it was a pretty positive week for me overall. I really can't complain too much. Um, So I hate like, you know, finding things to complain about. But nonetheless, I feel like there's always a low light. Honestly, um, I went back home for a little bit, like I said last week. um, And I'm back in the city now. And uh, I guess really my low light, which I'm so blessed that this is my low light. I I honestly had a pretty positive week. Um, Mine is just putting together furniture. So I got this desk. It's the IKEA... M-I-C-K-E desk. I think it's the mic desk, Mikey desk, whatever it is. I finally got a desk, you guys. No one thought it would fit in my bedroom because I have like this little tiny space that I, it's like less than 30 inches basically of space that I have in my bedroom for a little desk and I can tuck a chair underneath. I'm sitting there, right, I'm sitting at it right now and I love it because I get to look out onto the street. There's plenty of natural light and um, I'm actually pleasantly surprised at how spacious this desk is. But <laughs> um, Ikea furniture, it's inexpensive, I will say, relatively to other types of furniture. This desk was, I believe, 49 or $50 and then I had to pay a delivery fee. But besides, it, it got shipped like via FedEx or whatever, so I didn't have to go pick it up or whatever I just like you know got it downstairs and brought it up and 
Yeah, I I've never really put together IKEA furniture myself. Um, I tried to. I have. I had two side tables from IKEA. One my dad put together, and the other one I had like this guy put together because I like did like a few pieces of it, and I was like, all right, can you do this? Back when I lived in Boston, um, always great to have people in your life that are willing to help you with that stuff. But now living alone and like pandemic, etc., I was like, you know what? We're gonna be a strong, independent gal and put this together. And it really wasn't like too. I mean, it was challenging. I will say, like. Because the instructions, they're clear, but sometimes they're unclear. It's like, which screw do you use in what place? And it's literally just pieces of wood and then like, you know, screws and the set of instructions. And it's kind of like, good luck. Um, I didn't watch a YouTube tutorial, but apparently those are really helpful if you guys are in a similar position. Um, But I just honestly watched The Amazing Race, which is what I have been watching. It is so good. I'm watching season 24 now. Um, It's on Hulu. A lot of people ask where I can find it or where I've been finding it. I watched season 31 on Amazon, but season season 24 they have um season one through 29 on hulu so definitely go check that out it's just like a good background watch and it took me like two to three hours to put the whole thing together definitely frustrating at some points um it's not the sturdiest but at the same time i'm not going to be putting like too too much weight on this and i think it looks really good i'm happy with it especially for the price so that's definitely a low light but it taught me i feel like some things in life you just have to do just to prove to yourself that you can do it um it's kind of like the principle of being like you know i could you know pay someone to put this together like wait till my dad comes and like visits the city but on principle i got it delivered i had a few hours to kill and i was like i'm gonna you know take charge of this and put it together like why not so i am really happy with it it's it's pretty solid oh the one part that i couldn't figure out though i assembled the full drawer but somehow like for some reason like clicking the drawer into place it's still not fully um working so i don't know if i did something wrong or if the screws aren't tight enough or whatever but the actual desk itself worked like is a table so that's all that i really need right now and i'll figure out the drawer component later but um that i guess that's the con with ikea products and why they keep the price so low because you do have to put it together and i know they work with task rabbits you can use them to like assemble your stuff but like i said i wanted to take on the challenge of doing it uh just to prove to myself and i'm glad i did so um i guess that was my low light also my hands were freaking sore after because you have to manually you know screw in each screw and like some of them are really really tight so i feel like my like the palms of my hands are um a little beat up right now which sounds so weird i guess but um i'll be okay don't worry about me <laughs> it was just it was, it was an interesting experience i didn't document it even all the way through because i was like i look like a hot mess right now i was gonna vlog it but i just vlogged the before and after because i was like this is ridiculous um the look that i'm serving right now so now we'll talk about our highlight my highlight is just honestly getting out for a nice little neighborhood walk. Um, I, I think I've expressed this many, many times on the show, but if you're new, um, I moved from Boston to New York City and where I live in the city, I'm in a really walkable area and I've never really lived in a walkable area yet. Uh, I guess one time like in my dorm and like one college apartment, I was pretty walkable, but I wasn't like walk right outside and you're in the midst of like a city or whatever it was. It was still always like a little bit of a walk away. But here I feel like I'm right in the middle of the action, but it's not like too, too busy and scary outside my building. I like, it's like a nice mix. It's not too overwhelming. I live in the Lower East Side. Um, 
of the city and i've just been really enjoying getting out and going for a walk even if i have no destination in mind but i'm just like going out for a stroll and i think i always have to remind myself that like i don't necessarily have to have a destination but i could just go for a stroll and that's normal and that's like what people do but for some reason i have it just fixed in my mind like why are you gonna just go for a walk like you might as well like get a coffee or like go to the grocery store uh but i also have been you know liking um i i walk to trader joe's or i'll I'll walk to like i said to go get coffee uh but also just walking through the park it's great i also really struggle with disconnecting from technology um so one thing that i'll i will do is bring like a crossbody bag or a fanny i don't have a fanny pack but whatever i put in my crossbody and i uh put my phone in there and then i plug in my airpods and i'll listen to a podcast or some music and just kind of do a stroll you know like walk around um like i said sometimes i have a destination sometimes i don't also a great time to call someone a family member or a friend so even if you don't live like somewhere super walkable it definitely is nice to just get out and do a stroll i feel like i go through phases of life where i'm like doing that a lot and then sometimes i'm not but for mental health and just for clarity and stuff i think it helps a lot of us are probably stuffed inside now you know if you're working from home or whatever so this helps break it up a little bit um and um yeah it's a good time to just catch up with yourself even and get a a walk-in that's really all i've been doing for exercise wise and i mean i'm not going to say it's like the best the best but it's better than nothing i just have been feeling pretty unmotivated on the fitness front and that's like one thing that i'm doing to re-energize especially a morning walk like before noon i categorize as morning and that's always great um so now i also wanted to include in this intro because i have been getting back into my trader joe's flow i don't live like around the corner from the trader joe's that's the problem but i have been trying out some new items from them slash i've collected like a list of some favorites and i always get questions you know i'm going to trader joe's which i get um so i did a little roundup for you guys just of a few things that i would recommend if you're heading over i'm gonna do a video i think on youtube uh coming up of like trying new trader joe's stuff because i know that they're coming out their fall th- items relatively soon so i feel like that will be a fun video but this is just uh what they have like kind of i think it's like seasonless they have these things on the shelves so i could be wrong but all right number one I am obsessed with these. They are the cauliflower thin. So you can find them in the refrigerated section. Um, They look like a tortilla, but it's a little bit thicker. They kind of feel like a mushy tortilla. And what I do is I make them into personal pizzas. So I just use a little bit of like tomato pasta sauce and then some cheese. And then I bake them in the oven just until everything gets kind of warm and toasty because the cauliflower thins are already, you know, pre-cooked. I saw online that people are using them as like taco shells or just as like a vessel basically to put stuff on top of. I personally really like them as like mini pizzas. I think that's great. But also, you know, you could use it instead of bread or something like that, too. I personally love my bread. I love the Trader Joe's uh, Tuscan pan and the Trader Joe's sourdough, both great breads. But I just like these for an easy dinner and they stay good in the fridge for like a little bit. And like I said, it's just like a nice, fresh, healthy dinner. You could also put some like pesto on and do like a pesto pizza. I feel like there's so many different ways to eat them. You probably could like toast them and use them almost as like a cracker too with dip. That's like I'm obsessed with like various kinds of dip. That's so me. So I really like that. I'm getting hungry talking about this, even though I just finished my lunch, which was my next item, a salad kit. So these are really in right now, I think. I feel like I've been seeing everybody do these recently. So they're just a bagged chopped salad. You can buy them from any grocery store, pretty much. A lot of them have them... um, ready to go i know like whole foods does this and even um like my grocery store at home is uh stop and shop or we have like a more local one and those both sell these as well 
So they are like a chopped salad kit in the sense where it comes with all the lettuce and everything like pre-cut and then a little baggie with all the various toppings. So the ones that I like are from Trader Joe's. They have a Mediterranean one and a Southwestern one. The Southwestern one has like tortilla chips and like roasted seeds and then it comes with the dressing and a cheese and then the mediterranean one comes with like roasted chickpeas and like little crunchy things and like uh oil-based dressing and some feta cheese it's just super easy because i just have like these bigger bowls and i just dump it all together and it's a really satisfying easy lunch i feel like i'm getting greens in you could always add your own spinach or something else if that's um your jam but I think they're pretty yummy. So I, I've been really enjoying those. And uh, I like to always have at least like one or two in my fridge just to reach for for lunch. I mean, you could do it for dinner, too. But I prefer to do like a, a heavier dinner. That's my vibe. Um, next up, the chicken sausage. I stress myself out so much about cooking meat, but I do love it because it's a great you know source of protein, really fills me up, etc. Um, but the chicken sausage is pre-cooked, so that's great. And you could cook it just in a pan. I would recommend cutting it first. Um, and I was never like a person that was into chicken sausage. I kind of thought that it was kind of gross. I just was like, I'd rather have like a chicken breast or whatever. But these are incredible. They have great flavors. My two favorite flavors are the garlic and then they have a roasted tomato, I think. Roasted garlic. I don't know. They're two different ones, basically, and they come with five each. Um, and I'll just like chop them up, or you could bake it like a bajillion different ways, or you could put it in the air fryer. Uh, love my love my air fryer. You guys know me, so you could top that. You could put that on top of a salad. I like doing this in like a bowl with some like cauliflower rice. So I've been big into cauliflower lately. I don't know why, or like a carb, you know, like a pasta or anything like that. I don't really know. I don't eat a specific way. By the way, you could tell I eat kind of everything, and I just eat when I'm hungry and try to stop when I'm full, but I don't always. So that's another good thing to have on hand. Oh, and they stay good in the fridge for a while too. So if you want to like go and get one or two and like kind of have them on hand, they're great, and uh, they're actually really the chicken sausage is delicious and pasta dishes and stuff like that. Um, next, um, I, a, a pantry item, not pantry, but whatever, a, uh, a, a random item is, um, baked cheese crunchies. So these are like the Trader Joe's version of Cheetos, I guess, but they're like the thin Cheetos, like the baked Cheetos. They are fire. I've been eating them for years. I, I went on my snap memories the other day and there's a picture of me and Mariah like laying in bed hungover one day from like three years ago when we were eating the baked cheese crunchies. They are just so, so good. Um, I, I'm addicted. I go through the whole bag in about two days, so I can't buy them very often because I have no self-control, especially because I live alone, so I could just perpetually be grabbing them and I have no one to be like, Brooke, stop. Um, nothing wrong with that, obviously, but I just like need to eat real meals instead of just like eating that as a meal. Like that's not... Um, it's not good, at least for me. I, I definitely need to chill with that. But they are so good. If you haven't tried them yet, highly, highly recommend. Uh, next is the Hold the Cone chocolate cones or the vanilla ones, whatever. These are little baby, baby like cones, ice cream cones, basically, that um, I like the one that is chocolate because I prefer chocolate, but it's like a chocolate dipped mini cone. I don't count calories or anything, but just for reference, these are about like 80 or 90 calories each. So I like to have even two or three as my like dessert because um, I mean, one will definitely satisfy you, but I'm like addicted to them and I just can't stop. So I have to keep going <laughs> and they are so good. Um, and I really like to have those in my freezer just for a sweet treat to kind of end the night. And last but not least, a cheese favorite. I had to stop buying these too because I was addicted. Um, I have no self-control. I'm working on it. Um, but these are the mini Brie bites. They're literally like 
if you put your index finger and your thumb together, they're about that big, like that size of a circle. And they are just straight brie. And it's amazing. You know, you can bake these into things. I've seen people make them into cute like little apps and stuff. But I just personally like it as like a snacking cheese or eating it with a few crackers or something. Really good stuff. Wow, I just worked up an appetite by giving you guys that list, but I feel like um, I, I like to periodically switch it up on the show and talk about random stuff that I'm loving, and I do love Trader Joe's, so let me know what your favorites are or if I should like add this, not as a segment, but like talk about favorites. I don't know. I, I love food. I could talk about it all day long, so that's that. And now for a favorite. These are a few of my favorite things. It has to be basic, uh, the pumpkin cold brew. Pumpkin drinks are back at Dunkin' and Starbucks. I've been trying to make coffee at home slash like I just buy a thing of iced coffee and like pour some Trader Joe's almond milk into it and it is incredible, like beautiful, amazing, all of the things. But I do like to treat myself a few times a week or once a week, whatever it may be, and get um, something from Starbucks. So I really like this drink. So what it is, is it's a cold brew with two... This is a grande, I guess. I saw the TikTok from like the Starbucks baristas making it. So for a grande pumpkin cold brew, it is just a cold brew with two pumps of vanilla. And then it's topped with um, the sweet cream foam mixed in with like a few pumps of pumpkin. So it's like a pumpkin sweet cream foam on top of the cold brew that has a little vanilla in it. So it's slightly sweet. It's not too sweet. The way that I customize it is I take out the vanilla and I add in sugar-free vanilla. Um, I just think it literally tastes the exact same. So for me, I'm like, might as well, but it tastes great either way if you want to get it original or not. Uh, I mean, say it's too early for fall. I will probably fight you on that. I don't think it's too early. For, I mean, I am starting to decorate my apartment and stuff. It's end of August. It's I think when this episode goes up, is it September? I have to pull up my calendar. Uh, yeah. Wow. It's September 2nd. Oh my gosh. Okay. September is officially fall. I mean, fight me on it. I, I know it's still 80 something degrees, but that's why you get it as a cold brew and not like a hot pumpkin spice latte. Nothing wrong with that either. Do what you want to do. Um, but it's pumpkin season. It's fall y'all as I joke in my vlogs. So let me know what you guys have been enjoying, I guess, fall drink wise. I've also heard that Duncan now has oat milk and the oat milk there is really good. So I'll have to give that a go. Um, I also just wanted to remind you guys, I just did this. I filled out the census. It took me less than 10 minutes. Um, and it's just a really great way for the government to collect just like, it's not really invasive. It's just like basic data on like who lives where so that they can district everything properly. And it kind of helps ensure that you're being represented fairly in terms of uh, government offices. And it also helps with like tax funding dollars and allocating all of those things. It's extremely helpful and it takes like no time at all. So if you are like the, you don't even have to be like the person of your house to do it. I think like if you live in an apartment with a bunch of people, like you can do it and your roommates could do it. So would recommend just uh, filling that out. All right. Also for this episode, so exciting. So we are talking with Sonali and we do a deep dive onto how she got started on her career, college and job advice, as well as just managing a business on top of having a nine to five. Also, I wanted to say we are doing a giveaway right now on the Gals on the Go Instagram. If you want to win um, your own Swally hair tie hairband, um, we're going to be giving away a few of those. So definitely go to at Gals on the Go podcast on Instagram and check that out for the details. I think that'll be a for a week or so 
super easy to enter and these products are just so beautiful and i love sonali so much so i'm so excited to have her on the show and i hope you guys enjoy okay guys i'm so excited i'm here now with sonali hi how are you hi brooks thanks for having me of course. I'm so excited we got connected um, through Emma, actually. And I just feel like you have such an awesome story and kind of everything that you're doing. And I feel like our Gals in the Go community will love to hear from you. So excited to have you. Um, so I guess hopping right into it, I would love to hear a little bit about your background. I know that's like a load of question, like the life story, whatever it is. But like when people ask for that like elevator pitch of yourself, what do you usually say? Yeah. So um, right now... Um I'll start with what I do first and then kind of how I got there. Um, So I'm the founder of Swally, a New York City-based hand-painted hair accessories brand. Um, Swally comes from the French word soi, which means silk, and soleil, which means sun, which reflects our mission to bring light into people's lives. So all our pieces are individually hand-painted as wearable art pieces and made from 100% silk for better hair health. It's amazing. And then in addition to Swally, I also have a full-time job at Google where I'm the community manager for our Chrome go-to-market team. So I basically live in the business-to-business space and I manage our community of resellers who sell Chromebooks to end customers and build programs to help them better be able to grow our Chromebook business. So awesome. That's so cool. I know our listeners love hearing from people who manage um, sort of something on the side with a full-time job and you're managing a full-on business with a job. So it's just so beyond impressive to me. Um, So I guess a little bit more on your background kind of since a lot of our listeners are like that high school, college age, I think it's really interesting to hear about like your path to college. Um, I saw you went to NYU, correct? Yeah, I went to NYU. Um, so I went to NYU and within NYU, I was in the business school Stern. Um, I majored in marketing and management, but I also minored in studio art. So super cool. my days were like basically making presentations in the business building and then running to the art building and being covered in paint. So it was pretty fun. Um, But as far as before college, I actually had no idea what I wanted to do. And I just knew I wanted to do something that was both creative and Mm -hmm. analytical. I remember my dad actually had got me this like giant encyclopedia sized book in high school which had every single college major possible and kind of like the career path that you could take per major. And me being like my typical type A self, I put tabs in every single major that sounded exciting to me. (laughs) And so like needless to say, when I applied to colleges, I applied to a bunch of different colleges, each with different majors, ranging from architecture to human factors, engineering to business. I ended up choosing business and NYU specifically because I was just really drawn to New York City and Mm -hmm. all the opportunities it presented. And especially as an 18-year-old, just the enchantment of the vibrance of the city. And I'm still here today. I've lived here nine years. So I guess you could say diehard New Yorker. Definitely. Where are you from originally? I'm originally from New Jersey. So tri-state area. 
Cool. Okay. So not too far. I think that's, I'm from the tri-state area as well, like Long Island. And then now I live in the city. So I think it's definitely like, if you grow up around here, I feel like this is the place to kind of naturally go, but NYU is amazing. And I've only heard great things from people in all of the various schools. So, um, that's great to hear that you had a, a great experience there. Um, and while you were in school, I guess, involvement, things like that, did you do, did any of your experiences really stand out, I guess, as, ex- as something that maybe you did in college that was like a pivotal moment? I feel like people are always looking for ways to kind of get involved on their campus or like, what advice do you have for those people? Yeah. Um, so I would definitely say find your niche and get involved. I wasn't one of those people who was involved with a ton of things on campus. And I think that also is just nature of NYU. It's not like a super school spirited school. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of students find that outlet through internships during the semester, which I did a few of them. But one thing I did do on campus was I was on the executive board of the Fashion Business Association. So it was really fun because we planned an annual fashion show and would partner with student designers, many of whom were at Parsons or FIT. And we basically got experience running a whole event from getting partnerships with brands to just the setup of everything and Mm -hmm. selecting models and all of that. So that was a really cool experience. That's great. I love like real life, like real world experiences kind of in college because I feel like that better prepares you than just memorizing information, regurgitating it on a test or whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then I guess for internships, like you said, I actually noticed that a lot of city school students have the opportunity to do so many awesome internships. I went to school at the University of Georgia, so we weren't very – it wasn't a city. It was like a college town feel. So yes, there were opportunities, of course, but they were more like student ambassadorships and things like that. It wasn't like – Oh, the, you know, major office for some companies like right down the road. It wasn't really like that. Um, so I guess tell us about, you know, how you started getting involved with work, internships, stuff like that. Yeah. So I would say I was on the spectrum of super internship happy. I think retrospectively, I kind of went overboard. I'm just like a very (laughs) passionate person. So I'm like, I want to do everything. I want to intern. Um, so I interned every summer. And, um, it was an interesting trajectory because freshman year, I didn't really want to do no, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I interned at a financial operations company, which mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy. I found it very boring, <laughs> but say, that sounds, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was funny because in the school I was in, everyone was very into finance. So I kind of rode that wave. I'm like, let's see mm-hmm. what it's like. And then I was like, nope, not for me. I'm too creative for this. I can't do it. Um, and then during the semester one year, I interned at a marketing experience company Um, It was an ad agency. So it was like the quintessential what you see in the movies for ad agency. Um, They focused on events. So it was really cool. I got to be on the brainstorming team for some activations at South by Southwest. Oh, so cool. Which was, I didn't actually get to go, but I mean, as like a 19 year old, it was so cool because I was like, I'm brainstorming for these major alcohol brands and like all like the sexy (laughs) kind of stuff. That's so fun. That's awesome. So were these more like early college? I guess what age did you start doing internships is another great question. Yeah, I started my first internship was the year after my freshman year in the summer. And then 
the marketing experience internship was my sophomore year. Um, and then I studied abroad in London my sophomore spring semester. Wow. And that was an amazing experience. And I also got the opportunity to intern while I was there. Oh, wow. A full schedule. <laughs> yeah. It was really fun. It was uh, twice a week and we had this internship class that went with the internship. So they placed us with like partner companies out in London. I was at um, this private jet company. So I got my little taste of the luxury world. So cool. <laughs> yeah. And then um, when I came back, I junior year, I just, I didn't do any internships. I just focused on studies. And then that junior summer was when, or rather the summer going into senior year, that was when I got my Google internship, which then was my pathway to a full-time job. So I did the Google Bold undergraduate internship program. Mm -hmm. And it was actually really funny because I applied on the portal sometime in October, the beginning of my junior year. Um, and then just forgot about it. Honestly, I was applying <laughs> to so many different things. So a lot of my friends were getting internships and I was stressing out in April and it was the very same day where I got a rejection from the company that I thought was going to be it. And it was going to be my internship. And I remember I was so heartbroken. I was crying on the phone to my mom, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not... I'm not successful or whatever. And then that very same day, I got an email from Google saying I got an interview for their internship program. And I was like, wait, I don't even remember that I applied to this. <laughs> That's amazing when things like that happen. Um, and I, I totally relate to that. I, I feel like junior, senior year of college, I was like frantically applying to just so many things. You just forget at that point. Yeah. Like you alter everything so many times. You're like, I don't even remember, especially when you're just mass. The ones that are so um, like simple to apply to, it's just like, you know, resume and like a quick cover letter or whatever it is. I'm like, I forget that. I yeah. <laughs> so I totally get that. So what was, um, what was the process like from there? Yeah. So once, so the way they do it is, they find candidates for the internship whom they feel are a match already for a specific team. So when I was inter when I was interviewing, I was interviewing for a specific team. I got placed mm -hmm. on the global accounts team. And I think probably what set my resume apart was my internship in London, making me like a global candidate. Cool. Um, and then I had two interviews and then got the offer and the program is amazing. It's your place on a real team and do a summer long project for that team. And, um, you get to meet all these amazing people and it was here in New York city. It wasn't in California. So oh, I also awesome. loved that. Yeah. That's amazing. It sounds, I've definitely heard of that program before. Um, do they take a bunch of interns, I guess, like, so it is different parts of the country world even I'm assuming. Yeah. So the majority of interns get, end up getting placed in headquarters in Mountain View, okay. California, but a very few amount of the interns get placed in New York. And I was one of those people where I was very attached to New York. And even though there's the mystique of the big campus in California, I wanted to stay here. So I did feel very fortunate that I was selected to be in the New York program. Awesome. And um, you said it was like a great summer, everything like that. And obviously you work at Google now. So I guess tell us about that sort of pathway to employment. Um, did you have to like re-enter a cycle, I guess, of 
interviews? Did you, after you completed the internship, did you know like Google was it for you? Yeah. So um, typically when they hire interns, they have an intent to keep these interns and convert Mm -hmm. them to full-time jobs. Um, So basically what happens is after the internship's over, you get like a rating from your manager. And then Mm -hmm. in October, your senior year is the process to um, get your offer, but you don't need to interview again. It's based on if they have availability and you get placed on a team so, um, I actually signed in October, my senior year for, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, I mean, needless to say, a senior year was pretty chill for me. Um, but yeah, I signed in October and I, my first job at Google was in advertising operations on the double click bin manager team, which I think is now renamed to Google marketing platform. It's their programmatic advertising platform. So, I worked with advertisers and brands and helped them optimize their digital advertising campaigns. Um, Super cool. Yeah. And a lot of, I would say, the entry-level jobs are around advertising. Um, That's pretty much Google's bread and butter on the business side. So would highly recommend looking at those advertising roles or even doing online ad certifications. Google has Mm -hmm. a ton of those. Yeah. I did some of those like through my college. It was like required for a certain class, you know, AdWords or things like that. And I felt like it does, it definitely sets you apart. So that's awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you, I guess you kind of like sporadically sprinkled some in there, but tips to those who maybe not even just specifically Google, but people who want to go into tech or just into one of these larger companies, I feel like there has to be some sort of secrets or some, any sort of tips from an insider would be appreciated. Yeah, I would say find your story and what makes you unique and be able to tell that story really well. And then just persistence, be persistent. And these companies, I feel like sometimes can feel like black boxes, but don't take rejections to heart and be persistent. I have some friends who now work at Google, but went through a lot of rejections before Mm -hmm. getting to their final role. Um, and I wouldn't be hesitant about reaching out to people who work at Google who are in roles that you admire. Just send them like a detailed email or LinkedIn or DM or something like that. Um, and more than not, people are happy to help. That's awesome. Would you say LinkedIn is a good place to kind of start that search? And Yeah, I would say LinkedIn is a good place and you can do a search if um, you want something in common like the same college or something like that. Um, you can see those connections there. Would you say that I, I guess everybody has a different path. It seems like with Google, I have a friend that works there that I know she didn't do the internship program, but would you recommend doing it like the pathway that you did it? Like great experience. You would tell others to go that way too. Oh yeah. And I mean, it doesn't hurt. Like even if you do the internship program and think that you want to try a different company, Mm -hmm. you'll still be in the system at Google. And so that'll make the process if and when you decide you want to interview again, it'll make it a little easier because your name is already in the system somewhere. Awesome. 
great information. And it's Google at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I would imagine that's awesome. Um, when you worked in the office, did you like, were you obsessed with the culture and everything? Of course, you're home now because of COVID, but um, can you speak a little on that? Yeah. Oh my God. I do miss it. Um, yeah. It's, it's just as awesome as everyone says. And I think the biggest tip for me was free food. Um, they have amazing food and it it was just ridiculous. Like I would start having such expensive habits that just didn't even make sense just because it was there. Like they have a juice bar in the morning. So I would start my day with a ginger shot and then, Oh my God. Yeah. Like things like that. And they had amazing coffee. Um, they had, um, was it, uh, I think it was Stumptown Coffee, which is a, a local uh-huh. coffee. Um, they have their own beans that are for Google, which is awesome. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I love coffee, so, and I'm not a morning person. So my morning routine was just darting into that cafe, getting my ginger shot, getting my oatmeal, getting my coffee, and kind of waking up with emails. So I miss like little things like that. Yeah. What is the transition for you like from work from home been like? Was it tough or do you kind of like it now? Yeah. So it's interesting because Google is a very flexible company and mm-hmm. um, I already worked from home like about once a week or something. And we're a pretty global team. Now I'm on um, the Chrome go to market team. Um, I had transitioned after two and a half years on my advertising role Um But yeah, I already had like familiarity with working from home and using platforms like me. We use it all the time at work. So that part wasn't so much of a transition, but I would say the consistency of being at home and having no end date of going back that Mm -hmm. became a lot like after it was like June and I'm like, okay, this is, this is a long-term thing. I'm going to be working from home for the foreseeable future. That's when it was like, a little bit sad. Like I do miss people in the office and just the general culture, like, and like silly things that like keep you going. Of course. Yeah. I think it's way more motivating to be around people and stuff like that. I totally get it. So it could be a lot, especially I'm, do you live alone? Yeah. I live in a studio. So I totally get that. I live alone as well. And it could be, that's why you have to force yourself to like, even just go for a walk or something just to break up your day. So I totally get that. Um, I guess now we can kind of switch into your other role as, do you call yourself like CEO owner? What, what would you say? Everything? Yeah. All of the above. Yeah. All of the hats. Yeah. I generally say founder and CEO, but I really can be any name you want to call me. That's great. I like founder and CEO, but you're also the artist behind it. So I guess we're talking now about your company, Swally. Um, and I, I just found out that they are all it's actually like art based and you're painting them yourself. So can you go a little bit into that and kind of the, not only the time, but the detail it takes to make those, do you, you know, set out hours to just kind of paint? Like, how does that go? Yeah. So art for me has always been such a release and so such a beautiful way of taking in life and specifically for hair accessories. Um, kind of what brought me upon starting Swally was, I'm very detail oriented and I remember looking through photos and seeing me so dressed up, but having this little black band on my wrist that just permeated through (laughs) all my photos. And it was almost like a safety net. Like I couldn't go anywhere without it just because I was scared of what if I need to tie up my hair. 
And so I wanted to create something that was both beautiful in one's hair and on one's wrist, but also good for one's hair because that little black band like always pulled out my hair. Um, so I thought what better way to bring my art to a product and make something that's really like wearable art. Um, so, I mean, of course, as far as time goes into painting the products, it was, it was a learning curve, um, designing the product, figuring out kind of what works. There's always a little bit of room for variation in a hand painted Mm -hmm. product. So trying to standardize that, but also giving it the artistic touch of every piece is a little bit different. Um, I usually paint about 20 at a time and do it like that because I found that's like the sweet spot where I can still have artistic control and, um, creative spirit and it doesn't feel like I'm losing my mind doing too much. So I generally set aside time to do like that 20 bunch and then just stop because I know like the quality will go down if I try to do any more. So it's very, very small based, small batch produced. That's awesome. And is it all via your apartment? You just kind of set up shop and do it there? Yeah, it's it's all the fulfillment and painting is here. And I partner with a local manufacturer and fashion district to design the pieces and then do all the hand painting myself. That's amazing. Um, I'm curious, what was the timeline like of starting your company coming from like thought to completion? You know, was it something that it was years in the making or you just like were determined and kind of got it done? Yeah. So I launched Swally in February of 2019 and was working on it for about a year prior. But it's funny because when I started this and when I had the idea, like I want to make these beautiful hair accessories, I was like, okay, like it'll be, I'm going to start small with one or two products and then expand from there. It'll be a few months. I'll be ready to go. And it did not go like that at all. I did not foresee all the different details that went into things like even things like packaging. Like I knew like I wanted to create a luxury product and packaging is so important. All of our Mm -hmm. hair slips come with a reusable silk pouch. And so, yeah, and it's, it's branded and everything. Um, so it's, it's nice and it's a nice place to store your hair slip so it doesn't get dirty or anything. Um, but even choosing the design for that and finding a partner Mm -hmm. to create it, that took time And I also don't have, even though I have a fine art experience, I don't have a background in fashion design. So I remember going up to different factories and fashion district with just like a rough sketch of what I wanted with no background of how a sketch should look like. And I remember the first uh, factory I went to, the the owner was like, no, that's not going to work. That design, like it it just won't work. It's too small. There's not enough room for the elastic. The elastic needs to be, my first design was the elastic will be halfway around and then it'll be like a band Mm -hmm. without like a piece of silk without the elastic. And yes, he was right. It didn't work. I thought I was being very innovative. I'm like, just try it. It'll work. Um, so we went back and forth. Um, I'm so happy. My factory partner is great. Um, but we went back and forth a while testing different designs. And then I did a wear test with different types of hair. I sourced all my friends and with different hair types. And I'm like, just wear this for two weeks. And I had them fill out a survey. So just to make oh, sure. Great. Yeah, just to make sure it was super inclusive of different hair types. And it actually mm-hmm. worked. 
But yeah, definitely use your friends and family as your first testers. That's amazing. And that's like so awesome that you were able to do everything like New York City based and kind of do it all here. I had heard of, you know, people working in the garment district and like doing things like that. But that's so impressive that you literally just like showed up with a sketch and were like, let's make this happen. I feel like it's like a true testament to like whatever you set your mind to and you had a real idea and like saw this gap and everything. So that is amazing. Um, love to hear that. And, and yeah, there's definitely a lot that goes into it. I'm sure like building your website and things like that. Cause while you work in tech, were you familiar with like how to make a website and do the e-commerce of it all? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't have any coding skills. Um, I'm proficient, I would say probably more than other people because I have that like mindset, but mm-hmm. Other than that, I just researched a bunch of different tools. I ended up going with Shopify because it's so templated and the integrations are so great into Instagram and whatnot. Um, And I did learn a bit. I think I did like some like low key coding and I'm lucky my boyfriend's a software engineer. So he kind of, (laughs) he he helped me with some stuff. Like I, I remember there was one little thing like the footer. There wasn't a way in Shopify to make that centered. And so he had to code it and make it. And it's like little things like this you don't realize actually requires like a lot of time. Definitely. And especially if you're like a perfectionist and want it to be great. Yeah. No one else would notice like, oh, her footer's not centered. But if you're, if it's your brand, like obviously you want it to be perfect. So exactly. Um, so I guess when it comes to, obviously that sounds like it's a full-time job just on top of working at Google. So what are your kind of tips? How do you separate the two? I guess, is it like you finish work at Google or you finish like your online work now and you're like, okay, time to go to work or do you save it all for the weekend? What's your strategy? Yeah. So I used to have a much more clear separation when I was going into the office. And I think now that like life, everything work has just merged in one space. I, for the better, or for the worse, like I kind of manage my time around when I have meetings. If there's impending deadlines for Google or for Swally, I'll work on one or the other. But I do try just to keep myself sane, to set some boundaries and to set Mm -hmm. some goals. Because I think the most challenging thing as a business owner is there's always a hundred things to do. And Mm -hmm. with that stress on yourself, it could feel like you always need to work. So I find that setting monthly goals and setting weekly goals really help me to prioritize and distill what I need to work on and have those finite tasks. So when I complete it, I can just be done and enjoy my social life or take a break or something like that. Yeah, that's great. So have you found like a clear separation between the two or is it something you're always perpetually working on, I guess? Yeah, I'm, I'm always working on, like, I used to have a better schedule where I would say, okay, like three times a week, I, at these times I'll work on Swally. And I think now it just, everything is so blurred. Also, I'm as, I mean, I need to also work on better work-life balance, but I think because my life part is less busy, I don't have as many social plans as I once did. I I don't think any of us do. I've kind of complemented a lot of that time with just working on Swally more. So I do need to set more boundaries now, but um, I do still go by trying to set goals and then working on those each week. But as far as timing, it's a bit more blurred now that there's one space to do it all in. Mm -hmm. 
And I guess if anybody out there is working a job and they are interested, I guess, in starting, I know so many people now, it's like the big thing to do something on the side, of course, like, you know, hop on if it's selling a product like something like you do or designing a product, doing everything for the product. Um, but also so many people are now starting, you know, YouTube channels, podcasts, whatever it may be, like what type of words would you give to someone like that if they're interested in trying a side hustle? Yeah, I would say, first of all, just go for it. Don't think about it too much because the more you think about it, the more you'll convince yourself not to do it. And Mm -hmm. I think that was also my challenge pre-launch. I would stress over every little detail and it would feel so difficult to complete anything because I would just put all this pressure on myself and think, oh, I can never launch because I'll never have finished everything I need to finish. But honestly, it'll never be perfect and just launch and you'll figure out kind of where you need to maximize. You don't, and I'm still trying to tell myself this, you don't need to maximize everything because people won't know and it's only what's important. And then I would say from there, make a clear timeline of what you want to accomplish when so you can hold yourself accountable to it and say, okay, I am going to launch this in three months and um, by then I need to complete X, Y, and Z, or you'll just keep pushing off the date. Yeah. You're so right. It's so easy. I find that that's the hardest part about quote, like working for yourself or doing your own thing is that if you're on your own boss, you could either be too lax or too strict. And you have to like kind of walk that middle line without driving yourself too crazy, if you will. Um, cool. Well, I guess that that's really it for everything. I I mean, we talked a little bit about your day job and then like your, your side business. Do you have anything that you'd want to like leave our audience with if they are, um, I I feel like a lot of our audience, like I said, they're high school, college, like young adult age, you know, what, what would you say to yourself? I guess if you could look back to yourself at those ages. Yeah, I would say stay curious and stay creative, whatever it is that brings you joy. Don't instantly think about monetizing it. Think about how you can integrate yourself in these areas of passion. And then I feel like from there, if it is that you want to create something of your own, that the idea will come if you're passionate about it. Because as far as Swally, I remember I came to it at a time I was feeling pretty stuck personally and professionally. And I needed some creative outlet and I knew I wanted to build something bigger and it was my passion for art that kind of pushed me to come up with this idea so just stay creative that's amazing that's a great message and I think it's so great that you are you have so many different like sides to you, I guess, like an art person, but then you're also working in tech. Like it's just so admirable. So I hope that our listeners could see, um, that's like a big message. I think we're trying to push to is that you don't have to be, you know, this one faceted person. Like you can have multiple interests and it's healthy and good to have multiple interests and stay involved. So, um, if you want to plug everything, where can people find your brand? Um, if people want to purchase, I know we're doing a giveaway on Instagram right now. So yes. have to go check that out. <laughs> Um, so you can find us on Instagram at Swally Silk, S-O-I-E-L-I Silk. And our website is www.swally.com. Amazing. And it's just amazing that you're like doing this all. Well, I, I can't. Like, it, it's <laughs> incredible. Do you ever get any help at all? Or is it pretty much a one woman show? 
It's mostly a one-woman show. Um, I do sometimes do partnerships with different brands mm-hmm. or um, influencers for content, but as far as operations and production, that's all me. Amazing. Well, you deserve all the credit. Okay, so definitely go check her out. And thank you so much to Sonali for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Hey everyone, it's Brennan Taylor. You may have seen me on YouTube or even your television. Well, I'm starting a podcast called Sus. Share your scare on Podcast One. Have you ever been in a suspicious, crazy, or wild situation? Well, on Sus, we're going to dive into first-hand accounts of all things terrifyingly thrilling, intense, and paranormal. From myself, from you, the listener, and from some of my friends. You may actually know them. Don't miss Sus. Share your scare. Dropping every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and Spotify. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode and it was super fun getting to speak with Sonali. Be sure to check out the giveaway at Gals and Go Podcast on Instagram to go check that out. And we'll be doing more and more giveaways, you know, into the holiday season, I'm sure. And if you made it this far, be sure to go follow my personal Instagram. It's at Brooke Michio. Uh, you could slide into my DMs and let me know what you thought of the episode or if you have any future guest recommendations, stuff like that. I'm so close to 100K. I have to get there. We can do it. Um, <laughs> It's my goal to get there in like a month or so. And I think we could really make it happen. All right. Love you guys so, so much. And um, have a great rest of your week. Happy Wednesday. Bye, guys. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but my calendar is genuinely filling up with weddings and invites. Not to sound so cool, but no, it, I'm, I'm kind of getting to that age now where a lot of people in my life are getting engaged or getting married. I have so many weddings this year now. I think I have two, maybe three, which is more than I've ever had in a year. Um, so I'm like, oh my gosh, I need dresses. I need shoes. I need the accessories. I need gifts for them. Like they're it's just so much, but it's all so exciting. So an easy way to just check off your to-do list is go to Macy's because they've got the latest spring dresses, the shoes. They have such a great shoe selection. My gosh. Jewelry clutches. I feel like having like a little wedding clutch is so nice. It's so dainty. It's so feminine. So cute. So you can pull together a look for any dress code, literally all at Macy's. Or maybe you're the one preparing for your big day. You should check out Macy's Wedding Shop to help you get celebration ready at Macy's.com slash wedding shop. I love weddings. It's such a fun time of your life. And it, whether it's your big day or it's your friend's big day or a family. So you got to lean in and go to Macy's.com slash wedding shop. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.